back if you don't mind going ahead and tagging people and sharing yeah I will greatly appreciate that hey Leslie hey Mika hey Davina hope you guys are doing well this evening hey Aiden see you later buddy uh, what's up say it Yep, hope everybody's doing well. Speed for us about. I, I was laughing at Major. I was going to get dressed and I was like, man, I don't want to wear another t-shirt. I'm just tired of t-shirts. Uh, and Major's like, why you got that shirt on? Where are you going? Uh, <laughs> and I was like, man, I'm finna go do Bible study. He's like, but why are you wearing that shirt though? And I was just like, cause I want to. And he was, he just couldn't understand why in the world I would put on anything other than a t-shirt at this point in life. And I kind of agree with him, but it just feels good when you work used to wearing clothes to work sometimes just to change it up, besides a t-shirt and a pair of gym shorts or PJs. But anyway, we'll get a few more minutes as you guys tag and share the post. Uh, we'll get we'll get started. I'm trying to. There we go. Now we'll get everything going so I can actually see y'all's comments as well. Almost got it. There we go. What's this one? This is the church page. Let me go to my page. All right. What's up, D? What's up, Wesley? How are you guys? Hey, Pastor Chris. What's up, Eugene? We got a couple more minutes, then we'll get started. I got on late, so I'll give it a couple seconds, then we will get started. There we go. Now I can see everybody's coming. And if you guys didn't get to catch Pastor Shun's live the last couple of days, you should you should go to Shun Strickland and 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 check that out. She's doing thirty days of healing, and man, it's such a great word, especially in today's time. The same blood. That, that saves is the same blood that heals. And so she's going into that. It's a group of us that are participating in it. Uh, you can go check it out on her page. She got some things that anybody wants to participate that we're believing God, fasting, studying in the word 60 minutes a day, just focusing on healing because God is, God is a God that he is, heals. So if you haven't done that, then, uh, and you're looking to challenge and grow in the area of healing, both for yourself and for your brothers, then uh, definitely uh, go join that. So, like I said, I got 8.32, so I'll be respectful of your time. Uh, hey, Mr. Washington, I'll be respectful of your time today. And so we'll get started. So tonight, we're going to kind of break it up into three pieces. We're going to do a couple confessions, then 
we'll teach the word and then we'll pray kind of like we did last week. Uh, and so that, that will be what we do. Um, and I can't hear you saying a confession, so it'll be a little different, but I will pause so that you guys uh, have the uh, ability to, to repeat after me. So our first confession is, and all I'm confessing is we have a list of FOC confessions. And so we're going to do a couple in green that applies to kind of what's going on now. So the first one is I'll walk by faith and not by sight. So all you do is confess what I just said. I'll walk by faith and not by sight. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against me in judgment shall be condemned. I submit to God, I resist the devil, and he must flee from me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And so these are things that you got to confess. And when I teach in a moment, you'll understand why it's important to confess the word. Your confession is what creates your reality. Uh, because by the, the, the Bible says by, by his words, the, the world will frame. And so it's important that we begin to confess the word and spend time in the word. So the word may get into our hearts in abundance so that we may be able to speak in those crisis times what the word says and not what our body says, not what the world says. Here's another confession. I submit to God, I resist the devil and he must flee from me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And my heart keeps the commandments of God and length of days, long life and peace shall he they add to me. Once again, all we're doing is confessing what the word says. And so I add these to the, uh, if somebody would just tag me and say, add the confession scriptures, I add them because these are little things that you can confess every single day over your life and your kid's life and your family's life. Uh, here's another one. I will pray for all those in authority over me that I may lead a quiet and peaceful life in godliness and honesty. I am a true worshiper, one who worships in spirit and in truth. So those are all things that we need to be confessing, all right? And so the other confession that I wrote, wrote for you guys just for today is this one. And I'm just going to read it, and I'll copy it and paste it into the uh, chat later. I am God's temple, and his spirit dwells in me. I am holy, and I'm a new creature in Christ. God has established me in righteousness, and I cannot escape his goodness. Praise God. He has created my days to be full of abundance and I embrace his will for my life. His spirit reveals to me his plans for my life, plans to give me a future and a hope. He has put his seal on me. I am property of the kingdom and I have great value. So much value that God gave Jesus to redeem me and Jesus gave way to the Holy Spirit to give me the ability to be powerful just like my daddy. I am his workmanship and I accomplish great works. I do not fear, but I operate in power and love. I am never dismayed because the Lord strengthens me and upholds me with his righteous right hand. Through God's love, I, I live I have I've been made a conqueror. Defeat is not in my bloodline, and I dominate in everything that I do. 
And so that's just a confession. Like I said, that those are the things that we should be saying on a daily basis to encourage ourselves and to speak the word of God into our life. So those are the confessions. And I feel like that's something you need to be doing this time. If you're spending an hour looking at COVID-19 and with the data and all of that, and that's what you're pouring into yourself, you also need to be pouring into what the word says about you, what the word says about the situation. You need to be confessing that over your life so that you may inherit what the word says and not create this atmosphere of fear in your life because all you're doing is surrounding yourself with, and, and, and filling yourself with what the news has to say. COVID-19 is defeated in Jesus' name and we declare that we live and we will not die. We declare that we're whole and we're complete. Why? Because that's what the word says. Amen? So, I'll put the confessions in there and I will uh, make sure you guys have that. But let's get into the word. Father God, we thank you for tonight. We thank you that you love us and that you have kept us. We thank you that you are a healer and that you are a redeemer. And we pray that as the word comes forth tonight, Father, that all of you will be magnified, God, and none of me. And I pray that the word will fall on good hearts and that it will bring and it will be planted into their hearts and it will bring forth fruit that brings great harvest in their lives and that the kingdom will be magnified in everything that we do in Jesus' name. Amen. So what I want to talk about tonight is the God kind of faith. Uh, and I want to give you a couple steps on how to develop faith uh, to to accomplish what God has for our lives. Uh, we've all been given a measure of faith. Everybody has faith, to quit, but faith is much like a muscle. Uh, if it's not used, though you have it, it could be weak. And so the way that we strengthen our faith is by using our faith. And so tonight we're just going to walk through a couple steps on how to develop the God kind of faith. All right? Now, I'm just going to go slow tonight. You take notes, uh, write down the scriptures, and then I try to keep up with the comments as well, but I know it's kind of delayed, so if there's something that comes through, I'll try to address that. But faith is a tool that has been designed not to compromise. Make this confession. Say, my faith doesn't compromise. Its purpose is to deliver whatever it was sent out to do. It doesn't respect opposing forces or shiver at the sign of trouble. Faith is anchored to the unfailing word of God. Faith coupled with our confession and works brings about a change in every situation. Say, my faith brings change in every situation. Faith cannot fail and faith will not come up short, but it will always hit the target. God, I thank you that our faith always hits the target. And so my faith never fails. It is fueled by unfailing trust in God's incorruptible word. And so that's what we're going to talk about. So the number one thing, step number one, how do I develop, how do I strengthen my faith? You got to know the integrity of God's word. You got, you got to know the integrity of God's word. You might say, why are we talking about faith? Because faith is what gives you access to heaven. Everything that we, we talk about in the Bible, the only way we inherit it is by our faith. You, you are saved by your faith. That's what saved you. It was the fact that you believe that, that the Holy Spirit impregnated Mary. Mary gave a virgin birth. Jesus walked the earth for 33 years. He died on the cross. Through his death, we were redeemed. He, he rose up, went to heaven, and left us the Holy Spirit. You believe in all of that by faith, and that's how you were saved. 
faith is what gives you right to salvation. And so because of that faith, that faith, that same faith also will give you access to everything else that God has in the Bible. And see, sometimes it's easier to believe for salvation because we can't comprehend what salvation would look like in our earthly mind. There is no way I could comprehend that. But sometimes, but we can't always believe for money because in our mind, we see money come in our life. We see money go out of our life and we determine by what amount that should be. And so we say, I don't have enough faith to believe God for a house, but you had enough faith to believe that the Holy Spirit impregnated a virgin who gave birth to Jesus, who died and redeemed you. That same faith for salvation is the same faith required for healing. It's the same faith required for debt deliverance. It's the same faith required for you to believe that your kids will be whole and complete. It's the same faith you utilize to access a new job. It's the same faith. So the same faith that got me salvation is the same faith that has delivered me from whatever sin I may be in. It's the same faith. So number one, know the integrity of God's word. God's word is capable of doing exactly what it says it can do. God's word is capable, capable of doing exactly what it says it can do. Inside of God's word is all the power needed to accomplish itself. God's word doesn't need your help. It does require your obedience, but it doesn't need your help because in itself, God's word is living and is capable of achieving everything that was sent out to do. It is revelation from God to us. It is God's desire for us written out so that we can read it and use it to transform our thinking. God wrote the word down so that our mind may be like his. That's what he talks about. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. In other words, what he's saying is, I need you to develop the kingdom way of thinking. And so the kingdom way of thinking, there's two types of words. The word that we read in the Bible, that's logos. It's the written word. And then we have what we call rhema word. And that's the word that the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Both of those words are living. And the purpose of it is to align us with the word of God so that we can exercise faith. But you got to know that God's word has integrity. What does that word mean? God's word is sound in construction. When God spoke the word and his word, it is sound in construction. Does the sun still go up and down? Does the moon still rise? Is there still rain coming down? Is, is the earth still rotating around the sun? Are the universes still existing? If you can see all of that every day, that tells you that God's word has integrity. It is sound in its construction because nothing he has put in existence has ever fallen short. Nothing he has put in existence has ever broken. Why? Because his word has integrity. It's whole and undivided. It doesn't, it doesn't contradict itself. God's word is sound. And so that's the first step in learning to develop the God kind of faith. You got to know that God's word has integrity. God's word, God's word must be given first place above everything else if you're going to operate in a God kind of faith. Say, so God's word has first place in my life. Hebrews 4 and 12 says, For the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. Praise God. For the word of God, Hebrews 4 and 12, for the word of God, for the word that God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, 
energizing and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword penetrating to the dividing line of breath, life, and immortal soul and of joints and marrow, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purpose of the heart. Say God's word is alive. God's word brings energy. God's word is active. God's word is operative. And God's word is effective. That's what the word says in Hebrews 4 and 12. So when I begin to confess the word of God in my life, I begin to make it operative. I begin to, when I say, God, I think that my body is whole and complete. I activate some things. I energize some things. I call things to come in alignment. What God has already said was finished. It says, you you must be settled in your mind that the word of God is God speaking to us right now. The Bible's written years and years ago, but this same word, the Holy Spirit will cause you to re reveal new things to you. So the word is a lot. It's not some ancient manuscript written thousands of years ago with no, uh, no purpose. It is living and powerful. So when I understand what the integrity of God's word is for my, what the integrity of God's word, I am sound and confident that what he said he'll do, he'll do. I am not wondering. I'm not wavering. I am not unsettled, but I am completely persuaded that God's word is tried and true. Uh, and, and the problem with the integrity of word is the same reason that you don't trust some people. I don't trust some people because I ain't spent enough time with them. I haven't exercised the word. I haven't given them the opportunity to tell me something and follow up on it. And so like right now, if, Pastor, if dad told me, hey, Ralph, I'm going to drive to Conway and I'm going to pick you up because I told him I needed a ride, I'm not looking for other options because I got a word of somebody who has been tried and true in my life. But so many times we don't exercise the word. We don't we don't exercise our faith in God. We don't do anything except in the midst of an emergency. We run to God only in emergencies. And that's the worst time to have a, try to have faith in somebody is in the midst of a crisis. I don't want to become trustworthy of you. Only in the midst of a crisis. I run to God in good times. I run to God in not so good times. I run to God in crisis. And what that does for me, it allows me to understand that God is faithful, that his word is true, and that I can depend on it at all times. And that's what gives me a basis to develop the God kind of faith because I will not be lacking in my ability to trust God to be who he said he'll be. Because God is exactly who he says he is. His word will do exactly what he said it'll do. A lot of us treat God like some of our friends. I got a couple friends. They're good people. Great hearts. But uh, in the midst of an emergency, they ain't who I'm calling. They're not who I'm calling. Why? Because they haven't been found to be trustworthy of answering their phones. If I need you, I want you to answer your phone. And see, some of us see God that way. We like, will God answer or will he not? Will God do this or will he not? But you ain't called on him enough. But I've called on some of my friends enough. And sometimes it's just like, I'm just going to call you just to see if you'll answer. And I get a call back an hour and a half later. I'm like, I'm so glad I wasn't stranded on the interstate. Because if it was, you ain't who I'm needing to call in an emergency. But because we don't allow God to answer us, 
even when it's not an emergency, we are, we are shaken in the fact that if it's a crisis, if he'll come through. But say this, that God always comes through. He always comes through. In order to believe the word, you must go against what the thoughts of your friends and family and even yourself. To believe with all your heart. Proverbs 3 and 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. That used to be our responsive reading back in the days of Munn's Chapel in Prescott, Arkansas. Uh, but trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In order to believe the word of God, you must go against the, what the thoughts of friends, family, and even yourself may say. The Bible tells you, trust in the Lord, Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. So all that means is this. I can't trust myself to trust God. What I have to do is trust the spirit within me to cause the love of God to be shed abroad in my heart that would draw me to God and understand that he trusts me. It's times we have well-meaning friends and we're well-meaning ourselves. God asks you to do X, but you can't do X because your friend's like, so, so you're going to believe God for a house and you don't even got no man. Your credit score bad and you make $12 an hour. But God told me I can have a house. Well, baby, uh, all right, well, I, 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 if that's what the Lord told you, but don't get your hopes up. Don't, I mean, I mean, you, you single, you don't got a good job. Your credit, I mean, teenagers are older than your credit score. I mean, you, you got like a six credit score. And, and what we do, they mean well, and they don't want us to be disappointed. And, and in an effort not for us to be disappointed, our well-meaning friends and even ourselves oftentimes contradict what the word of God says because the words came to you, rhema word, words spoken to you by the Holy Spirit says, this is your year to have a house. But Rona didn't hit, Lord. God knew Rona was going to hit when he told you you could have a house. This is your year of greatest harvest. But I just got laid off, Father. How that's going to happen? You got to not lean up to your own thoughts. You got to abandon your earthly way of thinking and you got to put all your trust in the Lord. Throw down anything contrary to what God has said. If God has said that this is your year to have a house, if this is your year to get married, if this is your year to get a promotion, it doesn't matter what everything else looks like. Why? Because the Lord then told you, don't lean to your own understanding. In other words, don't trust yourself and don't trust other people unless it lines up with what I told you. So, Get rid of well-meaning people. The other thing that you got to do, and this, this is just Ralph points right here that I added as I was studying this today. Uh, you got to be quiet. Stop telling everybody what you believe in God for when you know they ain't going to align with you. Like, like if I get sick and it's something serious, I ain't calling, I ain't putting it on Facebook for everybody to be out there. I don't want everybody praying for me. 
I want those who are who integrity and the word and their ability to hear from God and pray. That's who I want praying for me. You out here telling everybody what God is doing for you, or what God has plans to do for you. And what it's causing you to do is having all of these words spoken into your life that contradict the word of God. So just keep your mouth shut so that you can establish integrity of God's word. Because what you're doing is taking what God is telling you, sharing it with people who ain't ready to even develop that. Their faith isn't even there yet. And so how do you expect people who don't know God to understand what God is trying to do in your life? That just doesn't make sense. So confession, God's word is God speaking to me. All right. So that was number one. We're going to move on to number two. Step number one, you got to know the integrity of God's word. God's word is sound in its construction. It will not fail you. It has, It is active, operative, energizing, and has all the power to do them as it needs to accomplish what it was sent out to do. Amen. So, all right, step number two. All right. Know the reality of your redemption in Christ. Number two, we must know the reality of our redemption in Christ. We must understand the reality of our redemption in Christ. And we're going to go to Colossians 1, verses 12 through 14. Colossians 1, verses 12 through 14. All right. God has made you able. All right. God has made you able. That's what Colossians 12, and I'm going to summarize it for the sake of time. God has made you able to be partakers of the inheritance. So God has made, given you the ability to be a partaker of the inheritance. So in other words, God has invited me to the table of his goodness. It wasn't my idea to come to the table, it was God saying, hey, Ralph, I want you to come eat from the table. I want you to come eat from what I got to have, what I have to offer. I want you to come look at my storehouses and pick off the shelf what you need to live, what you need to live a good life. It was God's idea to invite me to, to be a partake of it in, is in his inheritance. Verse 13 says, he has delivered us from the power or the authority of darkness. Everything Satan has. God has already delivered you from the power of the authority of Satan. So that means nothing that Satan has, has authority over you because, and that word has means past tense. He's not delivering you from the authority. All right. What do you want, Ada? Uh, he's not delivering you from the authority. He has already delivered you from the authority. It's already done. Say, it's already done. I already have a, a dominion over darkness. Nothing Satan has in your life can overcome you unless you choose to surrender. So every time I Satan comes in my life and I succumb, it's only because I offer to Satan what I already owned. I have to give Satan access because the Lord says he has delivered us from the authority or the power of Satan. So if sickness come in your body, it's because you're allowing it to. You got to open your mouth and say what the word says about it. If poverty comes into your life, it's because some, 
Not that we don't ever get sucker punched, not that things happen, but what, what I'm saying is we have already been delivered from that. It's already done. And so sometimes we're praying the wrong prayer. We're asking God to do something and God is saying, I've already done it. You got to take your rightful place. I've already invited you. I've already made you able to be an inheritor of what I had to offer. So what do I have to offer? I offer you, I have healing for you to offer. I have made you a able to partake of healing because I made you able. Now you got to grab it. How do I grab it? I grab it by faith. What does faith look like? Faith looks like declaring what the word says in the midst of what it, what the world says. I it looks like I declare that I am symptom free. I declare that I have everything that I need. I declare that my body is whole. I declare that my bank account is full. I declare this. I declare that. I declare my marriage is whole. I declare my children are obedient. I declare that they go to school, they listen, they learn and obey, that their teachers are equipped to teach them, and they are equipped to learn. Why? That's what it looks like. It looks like me confessing what the word says that I can have, even in the midst or the adversity of what the earth is showing me. I am not convinced to believe facts. What I convinced to believe is the integrity of God's word, which is the truth. So you got to tell yourself, facts are facts, but the truth always trumps facts. And the truth is the integrity of God's word. It always trumps facts. Verse 14 says, we have been redeemed. That means cleared by payment and recovered and delivered from consequences. So all the consequences of sin, you can go read about in Deuteronomy 28 verses 15 through on, we have been delivered from. So I don't even have to be I don't even have to experience those things because Jesus took those things. Jesus took those things on my behalf. Revelations 12 and 11 says, They defeated him through the blood of the Lamb and the bold word of their witness. What are you saying? Every day, what are you saying? What are you saying about your life? What are you saying about your body? What are you saying about your family? What are you saying about your kids? What are you saying about your income? What are you saying about your mental state? What are you saying about your, your, your retirement? I mean, what are you saying? Because they, were, they defeated him through the blood of the lamb, that's Jesus, and the bold word of their witness. They weren't in love with themselves. They are willing to die for Christ. What are you saying every day? Does that align with the word of God or does it align with, with, with what the earth has to say? Are you, are you speaking facts or are you speaking truth? You have to stand your ground with the enemy with your confession of faith in God's word. Satan will try to have authority over you, but you have to know that you have been delivered from the power of darkness and from the authority of Satan through the blood of Jesus Christ. See, blood is the base, but we need to add our confession to that. The blood is the base. It was a thing that delivered me. It was a thing that set me free. It was a thing that gave me uh, power over the authority of the enemy. But now I got to confess the word. Now I got to overcome by my confession. The Bible says out of the abundance of a man's heart, so he speaks. And that's why I got to spend time in the word of God. That's why he says meditate on the word of God both day and night so that you, you may observe to do accordingly to all that's written within it. What's your bold word? What are you saying every day? And that's why I told you we need to be speaking these confessions right here because that's what the word of God saying. You don't got to make up what you got to say. Hey, buddy, I need you to go out, okay? Um, Mom said I can sleep on the couch. Okay, you can sleep on the couch. Love you. Give me a kiss. Okay. 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 Ok
All right, close the door and go back. Can I help? You can sit right here by me. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we overcome by our confession. We got to be willing in the midst of adversity. You can't do that now. You in the midst of adversity to speak facts, to speak truth over facts. We can't spend our time paying for things that don't belong to you. Tell your neighbor, well, you, if you're at home, quit paying for things that don't belong to you. Nobody goes to Walmart intentionally to pay for things that do not belong to you. All right, that's one. You can sit down or you can get out. Which one are you going to do? Get out? No. All right, y'all got to go. All right, or you can sit down. I don't care which one. So... Sorry about that. That's why I said 8.30, because usually they're asleep. Uh, you have to stand your ground with the enemy with your confession of faith in God's word. Satan will try to have authority over you, but you have to know that you have been delivered from the power of darkness and from the authority of Satan through the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood is your base, but we need to add our confession. I'm having to catch up and repeat because of my babies. Because of the new birth, you have been translated into the kingdom of God. So you don't even live in the kingdom of the world anymore. You live in the kingdom of God. You have been translated. That word translated means to change form or condition. So once you were under the authority of the enemy, once you were already defeated, once you had no power to overcome sickness, you had no power to overcome poverty, you had no power to overcome depression, you had no power to overcome bipolar, you had no power to overcome any of that. But you were translated into the kingdom of God. And once you were translated, you changed form, you were of a different condition, you are of a different nature, and now once what you didn't have, you now have, because the Christ said that he has called you to be able to be partakers in the inheritance. Or in other words, he brought you to the table and made you CEO of the earth so that now you have power over everything in the earth. What's in the earth? Satan is in the earth. So I got power over him. What's in the earth? Sickness is in the earth. So I got power over that. What's in the earth? Poverty is in the earth. So I have power over that. I have power all over, over all those things, not because it was my ideals, because my daddy invited me to the table. It was his idea to give me the power. And we got to realize that part of this power is being redeemed from sickness. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20 says, What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you, you are not your own? For you are brought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Healing is a part of our inheritance. God doesn't get glory out of us having a sick body. Healing is a part of your inheritance. You don't got to walk around wondering if God healed. He does. It's all through the Bible. Read the gospel. God heals. Healing is part of what we inherited. You're like, well, you don't get an inheritance if somebody dies. Jesus died, and now you have the right to all of that. So while we're giving away inherit, we're giving away things that really belong to us. And how long will we allow the enemy to trespass on property that belongs to us? If somebody came up in your house right now uninvited, 
You would do everything within your, you would stand your ground. That's what you would do. They came up in your castle, your house. You would take all means to put them out, to remove them. Why? Because they are trespassing. But how do we allow the enemy to trespass in our money, to trespass in our marriages, to trespass in our health, to trespass in our relationships, to trespass in our occupation, our careers, and we just let him do it and we just let him take it. You got to stand your ground and you got to boldly confess what the word of God saying, knowing that the word has integrity. It has the power, the energy to take care of everything it was sent out to do. So we can't allow the enemy to trespass by saying, you got to quit being quiet. You got to quit saying, J just, okay, that's just, that's just the way it is. I'm just going to be sick. You get, you claiming stuff that doesn't belong to you. I've never seen anybody go to, uh, go to somewhere and claim something that didn't belong to them that was trash or dirty or nasty and didn't have any value. People don't claim stuff that doesn't have any value. There is no value in sickness. There's no value in poverty. But it's my diabetes, my high blood pressure, it's my, it's my uh, husband that ain't doing right, it's my broken marriage, it's my bad kids. You're possessing things that were never intended to be yours in the first place. So what we gotta do is we gotta throw those things down and we have to boldly confess what the word says. What is the what does the word says? Say in Matthew eleven and five it says the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are clean, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Now that word, and I don't have time to get into that, but word, that word poor is described as a poverty, as a sickness. And the way that you overcome sickness, the way you overcome being broke, is or being poor is that you have the word preached to you like I'm preaching to you now like I'm teaching you the word so if you want to get if you tired of being poor then you got to get word in your life so that you can overcome that and that's what the bible says that ain't me that's the bible Matthew 11 and 5 the other thing that you got to realize is that you have been redeemed for failure sickness is a failure in your body to perform the way in which God has designed say I have been redeemed from failure I have been redeemed from failure. John 10, 10 says, The thief comes not but to steal, to kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and that life more abundantly. Matthew 8 and 17 says, That it may be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah, Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and bare our, work, our sicknesses. Behind being dead to sin shall live righteous, by the, whose stripes we are healed. So we have already been healed by God. He bore our sickness. So, and I heard Pastor John say it this way today, and it was really good. What what she said is that when Christ was on the on the on the cross, uh, he bore all of our sickness and all of our infirmities. As they nailed the nails into his hand and placed the cross on his head and nailed his feet to the thing to the cross, every time they struck that. Everything that could possibly be negative, everything that could be broken, everything that could be damaged in our lives, it all came on Christ. He bore every infirmity and every sickness. 
all at the same time so that we wouldn't have to. Why? Because he has made us able to be inheritors of the promise. What's the promise? Abundant life. What's the promise? A good life. What's the promise? Uh, wealth and prosperity in every area of our life. God bore poverty so that I wouldn't have to experience it. God bore cancer so that I could overcome it. God bore Rona even though man hadn't understood, may not have ever seen coronavirus or COVID-19. God bore that thing while he was on the cross so that I wouldn't have to. So I've already overcome all those sicknesses and all those ailments. Why? Because I have been redeemed from that. That's Matthew 8 and 17. He took our infirmities and bore our sickness so that I wouldn't have to. So that I wouldn't have to. First Peter 2 and 24. We'll hang out here for a second. First Peter 2 and 24. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on a tree that we being dead to sins shall live unto righteousness by whose stripes you are healed. Once again, God is like, dude, why are you taking up my cross? Why are you putting me back into the ground and hanging me back on this cross? Every Think about that. Every time I choose to embrace sickness, I put Jesus back on the cross. I put him back to non-existence because I am born, bearing, I am carrying a weight that he has already taken from me. I'm picking up something that God, you like, God is like, I've healed you already. And what we're running to God is like, give me sickness back. Because you've already overcome it. And the only way that things can overcome you is when you choose not to boldly declare the word of God. So that's why I said, what are you saying? And we have to understand that we have been delivered and our deliverance is now. God isn't doing something. God has done it. And I don't, I don't have to wait for it. It's already there. It is already there. I've already been delivered from everything that I could ever encounter. Why? Because Christ bore all the sickness and all the infirmities. Everything that you could have encountered, God took it for you so that you wouldn't have to. That's a good reason to praise God right there. And so we'll do, we'll go to number three. It's seven of them. We'll stop at number three uh, tonight. Yeah, we'll stop at number three. All right. So number three, you got to know the reality of the new creation. You, you're a new creature. You are a new creature. And what we got to realize and once we realize this, uh, if you, and I use this example, if you've ever been a favorite, you know what it means to have access to things when sometimes other people don't have access. And which, what we have to realize is that we are God's favorite child. We are the apple of our daddy's eye. He loves us just like he loves Jesus. And when we believe that, we know that we have access and we know that we have access that we can get anything that our father has. And we have, and why do I think I can get what, anything my father has? It wasn't my idea to be able to access it. It was him who invited me to be a partaker 
of his inheritance. It was God's idea to give me the ability through the Holy Spirit to know the way that he thinks. It was God's idea to give me the ability through the Holy Spirit to create ways to, uh, to get wealth. It was God's idea to give me the ability, the dudamus, the power to create things through the words that I speak in my life. That was all God's idea. So I don't have to look at Ralph and think, man, I sinned yesterday. Man, I didn't read my Bible. Or man, I didn't get this right. Or man, I said this to somebody else. I don't got to look at all of those things because grace covers that. And God has invited me to be a partaker of the, his inheritance. And so it's not me that qualifies me. It's God that has qualified me. And all I do is be obedient and go get what he has already told me I can have. Because it was his idea for me to have it. John 17 and 23 says, God loves me like he loves his son. God loves me like he loves his son. There is no difference between you and Jesus in the eyes of God. He loves you like he loves his son. Colossians 1 verses 17 says, Christ existed before all things and in union with him, all things have their proper space. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the source of the body's life. He is the firstborn son who raised from dead and in order, and in order that he alone may have the first place in all things. For it was by God's own decision that the son has in himself the full nature of God. It was God's decision so that Jesus may have his full nature. And when Jesus died and he said, there will be another one coming, I need to go away so that the comforter may come and you'll do greater works. So Jesus died, Jesus' sacrifice redeemed us, but then the Holy Spirit coming into our life gave us the ability to have the full nature of God existing on the inside of us. Once again, that wasn't our idea. That was God's idea. And I keep saying that because sometimes you, you feel bad, you know, if, if a friend invites you to dinner, right? Uh, I mean, if you go out to dinner, a friend invites you to dinner and you go out and you like you want the steak, usually what you do, if somebody invites you and you ain't one of those people, you order at the level that you probably would pay yourself, right? Or you order at the level in which you're comfortable with that person. And so a lot of times we've been invited to the table and what we're doing with God, we're ordering things, we're praying for things based off our ability to make them come to pass. I'm not ordering based because if I like, and I use Pastor Edwin again, um, I've known him for a long time. If, I, if Pastor Edwin invite me out to eat, I know I can go out to eat and and I can order what I want. Why? Because he got it. He got me covered. We have integrity. We have we have we have a relationship that way. And I got a couple of friends like that. If I invite you to eat, you order what you want, and I got you covered. But for so many of us, we, we're so used to going out and being invited to things and having to cover it ourselves or being invited to things and we're only ordering based off our level to pay because we don't know what's going to happen anyway or we don't want to inconvenience your friend. God is not the friend that requires you to order based off what you think that you can afford. God wants you to order the best thing because he's the one invited you to the table to access 
everything that he has to offer. It was God's idea for you to come to the party. And so when you come to the party, God's wanting you to partake of everything he laid on the table. You have a buffet of goodness, of abundance, of overflow, of joy and all kinds of things and peace that God wants you to inherit, but you're only going to the party looking around like, I better not get everything because then what will people think of me? They may think that, that I'm greedy. They may think that I don't got any home training. They may, because some of your parents taught you when you go out, you better not act like this or you better not act like that. You better not go to their house and ask for no food, but you are invited. And sometimes we don't understand that when we're invited and if you are a good host, there you you give your, your, your people that you invite the best that you got to offer. God is trying to give you his best, but as long as you you, you dummy it down as long as you just take what's barely yours because that's what you feel comfortable with. Though the buffet exists, though the wholeness exists, though the peace exists, you will never access those things because you're being too greedy in your own mind. Say this to yourself, I can never ask God for too much. I can never ask God for too much. That's for me. I can, because I used to think, well, I just asked God uh, that he, that, I mean, he just blessed me with some money uh, or, or he just took care of this sickness for me or he just, you can never ask God for too much. It was his idea. He invited you to the party. Now, if I have a party and y'all come to my house, don't you be going through my cabinet saying, God, <laughs> that's a joke. But I ain't God. But uh, it's not 16. All right. So, so anyway, for it was by God's own decision that the son was in himself the full nature of God. We must believe that God loves us as much as Jesus and that we have been, Romans 8 and 17 says that we have been made joint heirs with Christ. So that means everything that Christ inherited, I have a right to access. I am not lacking in anything because the will that God created, the Bible and the Holy Spirit speaking to me in Rhema Word, his will ensures that I do not lack. When, when, God, when Jesus died, it enacted a will, it enacted a promise. And it, and it wasn't a contract because sometimes we think that we're in contract with God. There is no contract. There is no checkbox to say you got to do this, this, and this. God says, I promise that I will do this. And it is his grace that covers you. And it is the grace in which how you, it, it is grace is how we are able to be invited to the table because Jesus' blood redeems us and it covers us and his grace has caused the sins to be forgiven, forgiven. And the Bible says that he has forgiven our sins for his own sake. Furthermore, restating the fact that it was all God's idea to heal me. It was all God's idea for my marriage to be whole. It was all God's idea for me to be able to come to him and ask anything and that he would hear me and answer that. It was all God's idea. So I can come to God asking for anything that I need, knowing that he will take care of what I need. Why? Because it was his idea for me to have it anyway. What God is asking, what the Holy Spirit is telling you right now to ask God for it was his idea for you to ask him. He's like, come on, I dare you. 
I dare you to ask me. Come on, Jamie. Come on, Trina. Come on, April. Come on, Rachel. Come on, Bolden. Come on, y'all just ask me. I, it's my idea. I know you can't. I know it goes beyond your own understanding, but lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge me. I know you don't know how it's going to happen. I know you don't understand the fact that you got a 200 credit score and that you got $0 in the bank and that you got more month than you have money, but I told you that this year was your year of greatest harvest. I told you that this is your year that you about you'll be debt free that this is your year that you will have a new house that this is your year that your marriage will be restored that this is your year that your children will excel this is your year i know you don't understand it but lean not to your own understanding trust the integrity of my word trust that i am sound in my construction of how have i've orchestrated this thing from the beginning of time and that now i'm revealing to you through the spirit what i need you to ask for because it's already been built everything that you're coming to ask god for it's already been built he's not building new things baby it's already been built we're only asking god for what he has told us that we can have so he is trying to get us to live in the existence in which he had already created so me asking god for things, for asking God for whatever isn't bothering God. It isn't too much for God. God had already built it and he's trying to get us to live in his inheritance. That's why he invited us to the table. That's why we got to know the, the integrity of God's word. That's why we got to know how we're redeemed in Christ. And that's how we got to know that we are a new creation in Christ. And he sees us the same way that he sees Jesus. And I have access to my father's lap. Just like Aiden. Aiden doesn't care what I got going. When Aiden needs something, he comes to his daddy. Why? Because he knows that no matter what daddy got going, it ain't more important than me. Say long that. No matter what my daddy got going, it's not more important than me. And that's how we got to see ourselves the, the way that God sees us. No matter what my daddy got going, it's not more important than me. Hallelujah. No matter what my daddy got going, it's not more important to me. God will stop the son to take care of you. He will do whatever he needs to to ensure that you are victorious. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Make this confession. We're going we're gonna to end up right here. This is a good place to start. We'll pick up next week. I refuse to feel bad about having abundance. Abundance is a part of who I am. Having abundance is not greed, but it is growth. It is becoming a partaker of the inheritance that my daddy left me. It is seeing the fullness of God manifested in my life. It is seeing the fullness of God manifested in my life. And so... That's the word. I, I pray that it blessed you because what, I, what I'm studying at this point in our lives, we got to understand that God will not fail us. It doesn't matter what we see on the outside. It doesn't matter the, 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 the facts in the earth. What I know is this, is that God's word has integrity and that I understand that I am a new creature in Christ and that I have been redeemed and that redeeming I have been paid for with a price and that I have been invited to a party to partake in the goodness that my father has for me. 
And so I'm going to pray and then we are going to be done. Wonderful Father, Counselor, and Friend, Sovereign Lord and Creator of all, we thank you that you have loved us, loved us and kept us. Your perfect love has driven out all fear. Therefore, we stand strong and courageous, fearless because you are our refuge. You will never leave us or forsake us, but you will dwell with us forever. We will not worry when we leave our homes or be anxious about our families or our friends because we know that you have already delivered us from sickness, from enemies, disease, calamity, ailments, and anything else that may contradict your word. We find great confidence, Father, in knowing that you are a fortress around us, protecting us and keeping us safe. You, Father, have assigned angels to keep us. Our soul finds peace because we know that we rest in the care of our Father. We focus, our focus remains on you, God. We are not distracted by what we see in the natural. We are not shaken, but we are firmly planted in your word. Even when we are pressed, we will never be crushed. When we are persecuted, we will never be abandoned. We thank you that we raise a, that you raise a standard against the enemy and wash away his attempts to, attempts to steal, kill, and destroy our lives. Like a mighty hurricane blowing over a small tree, you have annihilated the enemy on our behalf. We find refuge in you, Lord. In the midst of chaos, you give us peace. You make us to lie down in green pastures and you lead us beside choir waters. You refresh our souls. Holy Spirit always directs us to your comfort and your provision. Hallelujah. We go to sleep, Father, in one place and you wake us up in another. Our agreement and our alignment to your word has advanced us to our appointed place. We understand that earthly time does not limit us or, lim or money does not limit us, nor having nat not having natural resources limits us because everything in the earth has limits. But because we operate according to your word, we exit the natural and, and enter the supernatural. We exist without limits. Therefore, we expect now that we have all that we need in abundance. We do not have to wait for a certain age, a time, generation, degrees, certifications, or supervisors or somebody else's approval to move to our assigned place. Time does not constrain me. Hallelujah. Time does not constrain us. We operate in the spiritual. Holy Spirit gives the power to create wealth for our families. We have numerous streams of income, praise God, and I am. we are not limited to one. We increase every day of our lives for we were created for abundance. Therefore, we embrace the identity of our abundant Father. We look to the source of pro for provision, and He does not disappoint. Our accounts overflow. Flow. Our wisdom overflows. Our relationships overflow. Our joy overflows. Our health overflows. Our souls overflow flow with peace and joy. We do not lack in any area. Gracious Father, we thank you for everything. We know that you have heard our prayers and already answered them. We praise your holy name and we lift you up higher than all things. You, Father, are the only thing that matters. We give you our undivided attention and we worship you daily. Your love for us 
brings us closer to who you are, and we reflect your mind, your will, your emotions, your imagination, and your wisdom in this earth. We are full of who you are, Father, and our mouths speak of you often. We live to worship you, and we thank you for all that you have done. Thank you, Creator, Father, Friend, and Lord, that you have answered our prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I pray that you have a blessed week. Uh, if you don't have a church home uh, or anybody that you are connected with, I encourage you to connect with us uh, at Fellowship of Champions. Run over and like our page. Just Google Fellowship of Champions uh, and go like our page. We're teaching people to walk in love, live by faith, and experience God's prosperity in every area of your life. It is not okay to live a life of defeat. And I hear that, Lord. You are not a victim. And so stop walking around like you're a victim. You are victorious and you are a champion. And so we encourage you to join us Sunday at 10 a.m. Uh, we'll be live on Fellowship of Champions page uh, as well as Sean Strickland's Instagram. So feel free to join us there. Uh, if you need prayer, reach out to us. We're happy to pray with you. But at the end of the day, we want you connected and we want you to experience the best uh, that God has in every area of your life because that's the reason he came. He came that we may have life and life more abundantly and it's our job to teach you to experience that life. So be blessed. Love everyone. Have a great rest of the re week. And as always, remain grateful and stay hungry for the word of God. Also, make your confessions every day. Be confessing the word of God. So have a great night.